you from the Yard Dogs Podcast Studio. A show for the fans by the fans. Talking all things Cleveland Browns. From our mic to your ears. With your hosts, Jason Hand, Mikey P, and Ian Cold Train Cold Iron. Are you ready for some football? We're ready for some football, baby. Yes, you are now in the yard. Welcome to the Yard Dogs podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. This is season three, episode 97. I am your host, Jason Hand. The Yard Dogs podcast is now part of Network 216. To check out all of our Ohio sports content, subscribe to our Network 216 YouTube channel, which is now available. We are streaming live tonight on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, tonight and every Tuesday night. You can, If you couldn't catch us live, you can now find the Yard Dogs podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, media member, player, or former player, and would like to be a guest on the Yard Dogs podcast, hit us up on Twitter. You can find us there at Yard Dogs Pod. And joining me tonight, my co-host, my partners in crime, the one and only Mikey P and Ian Cold Train Cold Iron. What's going on, fellas? Feeling good. How are we doing tonight? Beat the Squealers. <laughs> Beat the Steelers. Yes, it's we we had a victory Friday this week. Uh, the Browns over the Steelers. We're definitely going to get into that. Um, but uh, we have some news to get in tonight. Uh, we have a lot of stuff. We have we're going to recap the Steelers game. We're going to preview the Falcons game. We're going to get into some Browns headlines, and also we're going to get in at the end of the show our prediction time, our our AFC North prediction battle that's going on all year long. Um, before we get into that, let's go ahead and get into some housekeeping. The Yard Dogs Podcast and Network 216 are proud partners with Homage, the apparel company. If you haven't tried Homage, you are missing out. Look, I get it. We all spend hard-earned money on sports apparel. Sometimes I, I don't even want to check my credit card receipts. It's out of control sometimes. If you, if you want to uh, buy a shirt, buy some clothes that fits right, and has a great price, shop at Homage. Show your support for your team. It doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. As a bonus, you will get special discounts using our link to shop at Homage. Support the show and do it in style by shopping for all of your favorite sports team gear at Homage. The link is going to be in the comments, or you can look for our Homage link on Twitter at Yard Dogs Pod, shop homage today. Gentlemen, before we get into um, this week's action with the Atlanta Falcons and, and recap the Steelers game, I want to talk about some news that really hit home for not only a lot of Browns fans, but just NFL fans in general. It just reminds us that sometimes this isn't just a game. 
you know, that we're dealing with real life situations here. Yesterday afternoon, I got the notification, saw on Twitter that Miles Garrett was in what I call a pretty serious car accident. Um, him and a female companion were, were in a car. Miles Garrett was coming home, I'm assuming, from practice, went off the road, flipped his car several times. And if you, if you saw the car damage on Twitter, you, you're just amazed that he got out with minor injuries, which that's exactly what happened. Miles and his female friend escaped that car crash um, with just minor in- injuries. Of course, they were both at the hospital, and Miles Garrett was released last night. He's doing well. You know, we're seeing reports kind of surface on Twitter. But I want to get your reaction to to this uh, news yesterday. It was just like I said in the beginning. It's a it's a reminder that these are real people. You know, they, they, they might be football players, but that's what they do. That's not necessarily who they are. And uh, Mikey P, I want to open up and get your thoughts. I mean, I was in shock when I came out a little bit. I mean, I, I, I had no idea, you know, I was, I, was, I was working, wasn't even checking my phone, came out and saw the notifications going crazy. Um, you know, the first thing I thought was, you know, God, this is awful. You know, you meet me here, someone flipped the car and, and then you start seeing pictures of the car itself. You're like, man, you know, is he okay? Is, you know, then you find out there's a passion in the car and like, like football wasn't even going through my mind. Like it wasn't like, you know, Oh, is, is he injured? Is this going to cost him? Is like, it was like, is he okay? Like, is he okay? He's like, I, I was worried about miles Garrett, the person, not miles Garrett, the football player at that point. So that's kind of where my mind was. And then as the details rolled out and you found out and, and even into today, it's just, just blows my mind that like you're watching, I watched the video of him sitting there being checked up and he looks just shaken up. Obviously anybody would be shaken up when something like that occurs. Uh, but the fact that, you know, minor injuries and then you're looking at the car and you're just like, you know, somebody had an angel on their side yesterday. That's no all doubt. No doubt. Ian Coltrane, what were your thoughts, man? I mean, that was a scary situation that we first heard about. And then we were seeing all these reports surface on Twitter and other media outlets. What were your initial thoughts, man? Well, my initial thoughts are obviously as a fan, you know, you're thinking, oh, God, we probably lost him for the year. I mean, obviously, that's the greedy aspect of it. as a fan. That's your first thought is like, oh, we're two and one. And then obviously, you know, my, my better side came back to me to where I was like, all right, Ian, wait, wait a minute. Like what you're saying, Jason, it's an everyday guy. Uh, he's like anyone else. He probably said goodbye to all the Browns at the facility, went home, was going on his way home. Like, I, like you know, like, like I, nothing was going wrong. Uh, just a normal day in the neighborhood, and then a deer comes out, and you're swerving to avoid it in wet traffic conditions. Um, he did what anybody, you know, what's so funny about the story that's coming out now is, like, obviously we knew Miles Gary had, like, a good heart, but, like, I can just even imagine Miles behind the wheel where he's like, oh, I'm not hitting an animal. Um, anybody would, would do that kind of stuff uh, that has a good heart like he does. But um, it's very, uh, very unfortunate. But I, I, I just got to say, God loves the Browns. I mean, he was looking out for us. There was guardian angel for sure on Miles' side. Um, you know, I know the guy's big and he's, you know, hard as a rock with his muscles and stuff. But it really makes you wonder, like, how does a guy like that make it out with basically a couple of scratches? I mean, unbelievable 
Um, and it's just obviously good news all the way around with what we're hearing from his agent. You know, you were thinking the worst, then it just slowly gets back to it. But um, I'll say this as a fan, and obviously I'm not gonna, I'm not I'm not a greedy fan at all as far as like the player Miles is. Take the time you need, man. Um, take the time with your family. You just been, you literally went through a, you know, one of the worst, you know, situations anyone or you know any family would ever want to dream of. So it's like take your time. Um, I don't expect him in Atlanta this week. So take your time and just um, get back when you can, Miles, and get back to when you actually want to talk about and think about football. But I can guarantee it ain't anytime soon, um, especially not this Sunday. And if he does, more power to him. But, man, I, I got to say as a fan, I really won't mind him being on the sideline or just not traveling with the team just because he's been through you know quite a lot this week. So prayers to him and his family. Absolutely. You, you know, as, as far as the injuries are concerned, for, first he would have to get cleared by team doctors. That's squ- square number one. Once once he's cleared, you know, it's it's Miles' decision ultimately, and I know, you know, he is a football player and he would love nothing more than to be out there with his teammates. I, I just, you know, an injury like that is just, just being in a car accident like that, like flipping multiple times we were talking before the show mikey you were involved in an accident like that that that's got to be a scary thing and i'm pretty sure that he feels 10 times worse you know his body than he does on a monday morning after a football game i can't even imagine what he feels like right now so hopefully football is the furthest thing from his mind and and look miles garrett is a champion (laughs) he's a hard worker he's not good just because of his god-given ability and he does have god-given ability but he's good because he's 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 a hard worker he's he masters his craft and hopefully he puts that towards just getting better and a lot of times with injuries like that it's it's rest and relaxation letting your body just heal definitely yeah so prayers up to to miles garrett you know i i think I can speak for all of us when I say that, you know, our hearts dropped when we saw that, like, oh, my gosh, Miles Garrett was in a car accident. Is he okay? Um, I, Mikey P., I agree with you. He, God was with him that yesterday. You know, God was definitely with him, and, and he'll be okay, and so will his female companion. Um, I don't know what her name is. I don't think that's been released, but sounds like they're going to be uh, good, and, and now they're just on the road to recovery. Yes. Um, all right, so let's get into some Browns news. It feels like an eternity ago, but the Browns played Thursday night. Today's Tuesday, so it's been five days, guys. We It wasn't just any ordinary game. It was our rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers have a rich history of just embarrassing us on the football field in – Many different combinations, you know. Sometimes it's very close, but they get it at the end. And sometimes it's just a blowout, and they just suck any form of life that we have out of our lungs, out of our bodies. But that's not what happened Thursday. Although it was close, um, I was uncomfortable for a lot of this game because of the history of the Browns versus Steelers. The Browns ultimately end up winning this game. Was it 29-17? to 17? <laughs> Uh, it was a little bit closer than that. There's the touchdown at the end that added six points on the board. But still, the Browns came away with the victory. There were a lot of solid players in this game. 
Ian, I'll start with you because you were at the game on Thursday. What are your opening thoughts on Pittsburgh Browns? Uh, it's about damn time. I mean, honestly, <laughs> as a fan, it's about damn time. How long have we been waiting for a dominant game as much as we saw, especially there in person, feeling the electricity, seeing all the Steelers fans around? Um you know, it, it just hits you to where you're like, this isn't just a regular game. This is Brown Steelers. They call themselves the big brother. You know, all this, you know, nonsense on Twitter that they're always running their mouths about, hey, we own you guys. Uh, you had one playoff win. All this stuff just, you know, collectivates into this game to where it meant everything. It meant this game meant more to me than honestly how Jacoby fares out before Watson uh, hands, gets handed over the ball. Um, this matchup is, is, is literally everything to a Browns fan. Um, the way we would, the way we hammered them, the way, I mean, obviously in the first or second, the first and second quarter of course, we were all a little bit weary, but once the second half came down and we started just running the ball, Nick Chubb looked like he was unstoppable. Our old line was just pounding the rock, pound and pound and get out of my way. I don't like the Steelers. You don't like us. You know, just just get the f out of my way. Let's just run the ball, ground and pound. It was everything that you would want in a Browns fan. I'm actually watching the game, just literally watching it. Like this is literally what we've been wanting for years. I mean, obviously, Big Ben retired. It's a new age. I've been trying to explain that to Steelers fans. Hey, you guys, you know, need to understand. You're you're kind of in a rebuild a little bit in this situation. I mean, Big Ben's long gone. You got Matt Canada. He, he can't run no offense at all. But uh, this matchup was everything to me. It was everything that I had asked for as far as the outcome. Um, I did believe we could beat them on the ground. Uh, one last comment I will say, Minka Fitzpatrick, Nick Chubb owns you, baby. That's like four or five times now. This dude, the great Minka Fitzpatrick, is just shoved right in the freaking ground. And Nick Chubb, I, I even saw the one time Nick Chubb hesitates. He's like, oh, it's you? Get out of my way, bro. And literally just goes right around him. Uh, Minka, Nick Chubb owns you. Steelers fans, I don't care what you say. Uh, Nick Chubb is the owner of Minka Fitzpatrick. Get out of his way if he's running towards you. And like I said, the best part, I'll end it with this. The best thing I read all week for that game was Cam Hayward and Minka both speaking out saying they did whatever they wanted. There was nothing we could do. And I will, I will pass it over to Mikey P with that. It is about damn time, Browns, that the Steelers are saying there's nothing we could do about it. They ran the ball right down our throat. Well, Mikey P, <laughs> that was good thoughts, Ian. Good, great thoughts. Uh, Mikey P, we've, we had some injuries that happened during this game, even before the game happened. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, during pregame warm-ups, up, warm ups, uh, strained his hamstring. Anthony Walker sprained his knee. JOK hurt his groin. When you saw the injuries happen, even before the game started, how well of a job do you think that the next man up did in this game? I mean, we saw some players that don't normally get a lot of playing time step up, but what were your thoughts on that? I mean, I thought the next man up was was huge for that. You're playing on a short week. Uh, you know, Anthony Walker goes down pretty early. Um, and then after that, um, you know, we had uh, – JOK went out and was flattling his groin injury. You know, we lost Harrison before the game, so it was a little bit easier to, to kind of replace going into that. Um, I thought everybody did their job. Um, you know, the defense struggled a little bit in the first half. Like, they, they were struggling actually stopping the run and 
uh, when Trubisky would get out uh, of the pocket, outside of the pocket, like third downs they struggled with in the first half. But they made some adjustments at halftime, cleaned that up. Defense played much better in the second half. Not, you're not going to say that they were an elite-level defense, but they made the plays to, to get them off the field. And Nick Chubb, man, Nick Chubb just did Nick Chubb things. Like, he's he's put the team on his back. Like, he's like, give me the rock. And uh, it's so fun, man, watching those two guys. When those two guys are back there running the rock, it is fun to watch. Like, I know people are like, this is a passing league and, you know, uh, running the ball is, is antiquated now. It's like the end of the day, man, when you can run the ball and assert your dominance and move the ball down the field and you make your offense efficient, it drives defenses crazy because helmet on helmet, man on man, when you can't stop it, there's nothing more demoralizing. Yes, and by the way, Nick Chubb, after week three, is the rushing leader in the entire NFL. Um, he finished last week with 23 carries, 113 yards, one touchdown. He just went beast mode in that game. You know, when you look at our time of possession, what did we hold the ball for? 36 minutes? Uh, yeah, just over 36 minutes compared to, to 23 minutes to the Steelers. I know that that's a, a pattern that has continued through three weeks of play. And I'm, I'm really wondering, is, is that because we have such a dominant run game? Ian, I'll go to you. What was the question, man? I'm sorry. Uh, time of possession. We're, we're continuing to dominate in that area, and I think that's a big stat in football, time of possession. Is, is the reason why is because we're moving the chains and our running game has been so efficient? It's our offensive line. It's Bill Callahan, man. It's just the coaches. It's 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 everything. I mean, that's truly the reason why we were able to dominate on the ground and why we've been able to dominate any team. Um, you know, I really, after seeing what we saw the last three weeks now, and especially with Conklin back, I don't think there's anything that we can't, I don't think there's anybody we can't run over. I really don't. It was good seeing, uh, uh, Conklin back in the lineup. Um, let's get into this, uh, game of the week, or not game of the week, dog of the week. There's a couple of players a lot of players that, that really did fantastic. Let, let's name a couple players, uh, in your opinion, that just rose above the rest, kind of cream to, cream of the crop. Um, Mikey P, I'll start with you. Who are, who are a couple players that just outperformed this week against the Steelers? Uh, Jacob Phillips, I thought coming in, um, played amazing. I mean, for coming in on short notice, I thought he was amazing in the game. Um a guy probably a lot of people didn't think of was our punter Boyorquez. Uh he did an Boyorquez. amazing job. He he was killing those punts and a lot of people remember at the end of the game, like he had that coffin corner punt at the end of the game that really, you know, pinned Pittsburgh back. You know, they, they had one shot to run a uh was it a not a flea flicker, but you know, a lateral trying to lateral it to get all the way to the end zone. But you know, when you gotta do that ninety eight yards, it's almost damn near impossible so those two guys for me i thought really you know outplayed themselves and and uh Martin emerson had, had a great game i thought he really played well i uh, could have had an interception at one point um so those those three are my kind of unsung heroes that really played well last week good stuff let's get into cold trains 
train of the week. Well, my cold train train of the week is pretty simple. It's the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. Um, the offensive line is, is my train of the week just because they literally train the Steelers all game long with the addition of Conklin. This offensive line is ready to go. Like I said before, you got Bill Callahan leading the pack, leading the brigade here. It's pure symphony. You go online, you go look at video clips. They're all over Twitter. These guys are moving and grooving like they literally know what they're doing as far as just, we're going to get this ball. We're going to run it down your throats. We're going to take care of business. And that's just what we're going to do, whether that's Callahan, Stefanski, a mixture of the two. This offensive unit, this offensive line unit is one of the best I've ever seen as a Browns fan. And obviously with Conklin back, it reminded me so much of that Steelers-Browns playoff game um, a couple years ago to where they were all, you know, they were all healthy at that time. Same thing here with Conklin coming back. You don't know how it's going to work. I mean, you don't know if it's going to be, you know, a couple of growing pains here and there, but... Um, if you notice a couple of video clips that are on Twitter with Conklin actually moving the pile, Teller doing his thing, offensive line, uh, hands down for me for uh, train of the week. But I would say for defensive player of the week was easy for me, Phillips, man. Talk about next man up. What is he, like the third or fourth on the depth chart? I mean, you had two starters go down. You're wondering to yourself, oh, Lord, who's going to play linebacker for this team? Is Stefanski going to play linebacker? Phillips goes in there, gets a sack, <laughs> tackle for a loss, few tackles. Um, this guy is just, you know, I, I, I saw him out of coming out of LSU. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see a breakout party from him when he got his time. But he's going to be exciting to watch. If he plays like he did with the Steelers, he will be an exciting player to watch moving forward. Um, I really do believe that. So I liked Phillips for sure. Let's talk about a couple other players, and then we'll move on. Jacoby Brissett. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Before the season started, I didn't know what to think about Jacoby Brissett. I mean, I haven't seen him play a whole lot. I mean, I saw him play a little bit when he was with Indy, but not a lot because I don't follow the Colts. We saw him play for part of one preseason game, and and then we were enamored by you know Joshua Dobbs, who just killed it during preseason. So that was like our bright, shiny new toy. But we knew that we were going to have Brissett as our starter for the first eleven games before Deshaun Watson comes back. So my bar was not really high. I got to tell you guys, these first three games, Brissett has totally changed my mind about the kind of number one uh, the kind of guy he is because he he was placed in a kind of a weird position he knew he was going to be our starter this year but only for part of the season you know just three quarters of the season after that we're sitting you down no matter how you do because we just paid 230 million dollars guaranteed for this guy you know deshaun watson to come in so he was placed in a weird situation but he comes out week one He's a little rusty. It's very understandable. But he did okay. Week two, I thought he did a fabulous job. And then he carried it on to week three. He also did a great job. And now there's talk of, wow, is there a quarterback controversy in Cleveland? I have to remind everybody that the first four games on the schedule, we were supposed to do good, right? I mean... (laughs) You know, you have Carolina, you have the the Jets, the Steelers, and now the Falcons. Those are all four very winnable games, in in my opinion. And then the schedule gets tough. Now, as we get into the season, 
We play tougher defenses. Even then, if uh, Jacoby Brissett is lights out, I still think we turn to Deshaun Watson. There's no controversy here in Cleveland. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on Jacoby Brissett, specifically this game. He was 21 of 31, 220 yards, two touchdowns, uh, zero interceptions. He didn't make a mistake. He was sacked twice, but, you know, whatever. Quarterbacks get sacked, right? Well, I'm going to start with you, Ian. You, you were there live. Jacoby Brissett, what do you think? I loved him. If you guys remember three weeks ago or four weeks ago when I started this show with you guys, I always said Jacoby can sling it. I don't know why. It's almost like 50% of our, hand, our, of our fan base was just like, oh, I don't like this guy. Uh, I can't deal with this guy. Like He's a backup. He's, you know, He won't be better than Baker, blah, blah, blah. Um, what I think the most that I saw in person that I loved and enjoyed the most, for, for one, like you said, his character and, and, and the guy that he is makes it cool. But this guy is a fit for Stefanski's offense, man. This is the guy that Stefanski – I'm not saying this is the, the controversy, this guy should be the starter, none of that stuff with Watson involved. But this guy is a perfect – balance fit for how Stefanski wants to run his offense. And now I'm leaning more towards less off of, well, maybe, you know, Stefanski was the reason Baker messed up or, or, or wasn't as good and leaning more towards, well, Jacoby's doing so well now. I think it really was. I remember Stefanski never drafted Baker. Uh, he wasn't involved with that. So with Stefanski having uh, Brissett now and looked like a hand-picked guy, you can really tell, man, Brissett too, as the player he really is meshing well with the things that Alex Van Pelt and Stefanski want to do on offense, man. It, it's it's really flowing. And at the end of the day, like I said before, we never needed Jacoby to, to throw three, four touchdowns a game and play like Pat Mahomes. We just need him to make the throws he needs to on second and six or third and four when our running backs do the job for him. That's all we ever needed from Baker Mayfield. He just couldn't, he couldn't deliver. So with Jacoby having an opportunity, yeah, man, when the tough games come up, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, he's just doing well because, you know, uh, the first four games. As the competition revs up, I think Jacoby will start playing better ball and these receivers are they're going to get more chemistry. This ain't, this ain't over, man. This isn't just a, a one-hit wonder. I think he's gradually going to get better as weeks go by just because he's going to have rapport with all these guys. But the last thing I'll end with, Cooper and Brissett, dude, that combo is just nasty, man. I mean, Cooper, Amari Cooper looks like the biggest steal of the NFL. I hate to get off topic real quick, but uh, Amari Cooper and Brissett, man, the, the, the chemistry and the rapport that they had these last two games has just been phenomenal, man. I really have been enjoying uh, watching both of them play, man. I really have. I really am. Yeah. I mean, Cooper caught seven balls for 101 yards, one TD, caught a TD last week. I mean, him him and uh, Brissett do have the connection going. So that, that is nice to see. Before the season, we were all maybe a little worried about our wide receiver room. And, uh, you know, Amari Cooper is definitely a bright spot there. Mikey P, Cade York. <laughs> all right, Cade York. We are all excited about Cade York. I mean, for the love of God, he's responsible for one of our wins with the 58-yard field goal with basically no time on the clock. Incredible. He's missed some extra points. For the last few weeks, is this like a Cleveland thing? Like, you know, is this a playing off the shores of Lake Erie thing? Or, or, or is there something wrong that he's doing as far as setting up for his extra points? I, what are your thoughts on that? 
I mean, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's any of that. I mean, uh, sometimes extra points. I mean, if you look at a lot of these guys, it's they seem to kick extra points sometimes differently, and I think that's the mindset you have to figure out is you got to make sure you kick your extra points, your follow throughs, and everything are just like on your field goals. Um, so I think it's it's normal. It's going on around the league, and it's happened ever since they've moved back. You see every year the field the extra point percentage is lower than the field goal percentage, and it's I think it's just a mental thing for a lot of these kickers. I mean, I've seen Justin Tucker not miss many field goals, but I've seen him miss extra points. Yeah. Like, and that guy seems like he's a machine. Uh, but for some reason, he, you know, every, every year, two to, he's going to have, you know, two to three extra points that he misses. It's, it's a frustrating thing for, for Browns fans. You know, you, you get the touchdown, you get the six points, and it's, it's go to the fridge and get a beer time, at least in my house it is. Right, right, you know, right. because you just think that oh, the extra point, that's got to be an automatic, right? And you're cracking open your beer, you're coming back, and you realize, oh, my gosh, what happened? We, we missed the extra point. So I don't know. It, it, I, I'm not concerned about it, but it is something to – I think that we have to get that corrected, right? I, right? I think extra points should be almost automatic. I mean, I realized a couple of years ago they moved the extra point back a couple yards, but I don't know. I just – hopefully we get that fixed. Yeah, that just seems to have uh, frustrated some of these kickers, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get in – any final thoughts on the Steelers-Browns? we got to move on. Any final thoughts? It was good to get the win. We all call it a must-win last week, right? It was a must-win for the Browns because it's in the AFC North. <laughs> hey, I'll, we, I'll, end we I'll, end with, I'll end with this. Who, uh, who wasn't watching their TV or the game live till triple zeros after that Jets debacle? I mean, were you guys I, – I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't assuming it was a win, guys. I, I waited till all triple zeros until I took my victory stroll, so – that's you didn't leave early game. that game, did you, Coltrane? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Absolutely no. <laughs> not, man. I learned my lesson, man. Oh, I, I, I totally agree with you. I was, even when, what was it, like seven, six seconds left, when they ran yeah. the Hail Mary, like I'm just thinking like. Well, the onside too, man. You know, the, onside the onside was scary. Too. Like it went out of bounds. I was like, from all of it. And then and then when we got the, uh, per, what we thought Chubb had got the first down and they went to instant yeah. replay, it was like, Oh, they never overturn spots. And, and yeah, they, 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 I, I know. Look at how many times they've overturned spots against us. I was just like, this is Thursday night. They're going to overturn this call. I was like, I still didn't see the evidence that showed where yeah. you would overturn it. But, you know, they miraculously did it. But uh, hey, I, I will say this, too. Is our fumble recovery ever going to turn around? Have you noticed, guys, the first three games? There's been like eight balls on the ground. And we never seem to be able to, like, it's always that last second where you actually think we have it. So all I got to say is, I guess I'll end with that, is I really hope our fumble luck uh, improves, you know, the next few games. Just because like, it would just be nice to be able to pounce on that ball and get the ball to 20 or something. But have you guys noticed that, too? There's, there's literally been, like, eight fumbles over oh, the yeah. course of these three games. Yeah. There's, um, I think Carolina had, Carolina had a total of four fumbles in week one, and we didn't recover any. None. Zero. All right. Well, uh, comments are rolling in. We have some Facebook comments. Um, we have one that's talking about extra points. Uh, they, they say they're like free throws. It will come back to haunt you. Yes, it will. We have some YouTube 
comments rolling in. If you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. Of course, you can find us on YouTube on the Network 216 channel. Just in YouTube, type Network 216, and you will see our logo in the upper right-hand corner to the right of Mikey P's head. That's our logo there. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button on YouTube. We are also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Facebook, but if we're also on Twitter, so all the folks that are tuned in on Twitter, how y'all doing? Thanks for uh, checking in with the Yard Dogs podcast. We're going to go ahead and let's talk about the state of the AFC North. The AFC North is a tough division. We've had our snafus, you know. Some teams have. We've we've we had one against the Jets. Here's our current standings: the Cleveland Browns are tied for first and you know because of tiebreakers the the browns are actually in first place of the afc north division after three weeks of football at two and one ravens at two and one steelers at one and two and the Bengals are also at one and two guys let's start with the Bengals. Do you think they get rolling here? I mean, they're just in the Super Bowl. Mikey P, I'll start with you. They're just in the Super Bowl. They started off the season 0-2. They got a win last week. What's what's going on with the Bengals? Are they going to get back on track? I think the Bengals will get back on track. But also when you have early losses like that, it puts you in a, in a hole because then you can't – when you go against your big matchups. If you think about it, they, they played Dallas with their backup quarterback – and they had uh, Pittsburgh at home week one. They dominated the yards. Uh, Pittsburgh didn't even have an offensive touchdown, I don't think. I think they scored defensively, mm-hmm. and then they had a couple of field goals. Like That was a game Cincinnati should have won other than the turnovers and missed field goals for them. Um, so when you lose games early on like that, it costs you later on when they're going to be playing teams like Buffalo and, uh, and, uh, and Baltimore, and when they get into the meat of their schedule, it's only going to get tougher for them. Uh, but they have a lot of talent. Like, they're a talented bunch. If they get their offensive line issues fixed, um, you know, they, they can be competing. But if you look at their, uh, the, the Bengals, they were 10-7 and seven last year. They had six what they call 50-50 games. They won all six. And usually when teams say you're 50-50 games, is you're going to be usually 500, like, Playoff teams are usually like 500 to a game over 50-50 games. They were selling those games. So, you know, easily the next year you could have the, the opposite luck and it goes the other way. You go 0-6. Like it seemed like the Browns last year in 50-50 games, you just couldn't catch a break. So, so you think they'll be fine? I think they'll be okay. They'll be competing. Uh, I think the AFC is, is, is a is, – if you look all over the league, the Jets, everyone considers like the Jets kind of a bottom tier team. They consider the Bears, the Texans, but we it's week to week, man. Like teams, teams can beat anybody now. Like nobody's safe. I mean, Indy looked as bad as you could through two games, and they just beat Kansas City, who everybody was saying was probably going to go undefeated until they played Buffalo. Wow! So you, you just never know in this league, like. You got to bring your A game every week. Let's look at the Steelers. Ian Coltrane, I got to tell you, bud, it's nice to see them struggling. I'm not going to lie. You know, Trubisky, 
There's some questions there at quarterback. Do, do they stay with Trubisky, you know, and ride it out? Or do, do they put in Kenny small hands picket? What, what are your thoughts about the Pittsburgh Steelers? And I mean, they ha- they've had a one and two start. They're very vulnerable right now. They're a vulnerable team. What, what, what do you think the, 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 the direction of that team's going at well, the rest of this year? Exactly what you said. They're one and two, and they have TJ Watt, their best defensive player on the sidelines right now, re, you know, with his injury. I mean, the Steelers, it's not necessarily Trubisky or a picket problem. Matt Canada is trash. He's garbage. I know many Steelers fans that were calling for his name last year, not even this year. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever hired – was it Tomlin's guy or whatever? Whoever this guy – I never even heard of him. But this guy, his offense is just, you know, piss poor. He had what? one Before they played us, they had like one touchdown per game, if that. or so. Was it one touchdown for the two games? I don't remember. But Steelers are, 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 are not who you think they are from the past. And that's where their fans just need to understand. Like these fans are still going back and forth with us on Twitter these days against Browns fans. They're just upset. They're mad. They know that, that this year is, is going to be completely different. And, and back to your question, though, Jason, and Trubisky or Pickett, I think Pickett's garbage, too. He was a preseason champ. Good for him, just like Pickens was. You know, he, that, everyone kept talking about that catch in the game. They lost. Who cares, dude? He had an Odell-type catch. He was a preseason champ. He made one good – I think his stats were like 40 yards for that game. But if they go Pickett, I got news for you Steelers fans. It ain't going to get any better. Pickett's not a franchise QB, and I will die on this hill saying <laughs> that. He is not a franchise QB. They keep convincing themselves, but understand it. Take a little bit, Steelers fans, from the Brown situation. It might not take you 22 years or whatever it took us to find a franchise guy, you know, uh, like it did us. But it's not just going to – you don't just grab your, your franchise guy the next year. Look at all the NFL teams around. Look what you're talking about too, Mikey. All the NFL teams around you, like, it's not easy, dude. It's not easy to win games. It's also not easy to find a quarterback. So I'm sorry, and I will die on this hill. Kenny Pickett is not going to help your chances anymore. Honestly, if you want my full prediction and I'll end on this, six, seven games they win this year. Honestly, dude, I'm sorry, dude. They're going to have a low or a high draft pick, maybe a top five, top ten pick, but that's just the way it is. Sorry, Steelers fans, but that's just that's the way that I'm looking at your situation, especially with TJ Watt coming down and you have no quarterback, no offense, no active will on your team. That's just my prediction. They, they, they definitely have to get the, and I'll end it with this. They have to get the running game going. They they struggled running the football the first three weeks. Defenses are forcing to make them beat them with their arm. And, you know, Mitch Trubisky's just not gonna be able to do that. I mean, he didn't have any they didn't have any offensive touchdowns for the first two games. They did find the end zone on Thursday night, you know, against us. But the first two games, they didn't score any offensive touchdowns. And one of the reasons why is because they haven't been able to establish the run game, and they still didn't. You know, Najee Harris, he has to get something going. Their offensive line has to step up, open some holes. But you know what? That's their problem. We got our own problems, so let's move on. Um, The the Ravens, this team, they're tough. They are, you know, I, I think Lamar Jackson is playing with a chip on his shoulder this year. He didn't get the big contract. He squashed contract talks once the season started. Well, guess what? We're, we're into week three now, about to be week four. Mm-hmm. The contract still wasn't done, and Lamar Jackson's been playing well. Uh, the, the Ravens are tied with us at 
two and one. Who do they play this week? They play the Dolphins. Is that right? Ravens play the Bills. Ravens play the Bills. That's going to be a tough game, especially, you know, Josh Allen didn't have, I mean, he had a pretty solid game, but they didn't have a very good game last week against the Dolphins. It was hot, miserable. I I think the Bills are ready to move on and and dominate once again. But Mikey P, what are your thoughts on the Ravens this year uh, being at 2-1 to start the season? I think the Ravens are always going to be they, – they just have a culture where as long as they have talent on the field, they're going to be a tough beat. And they, it's, it's their belief in their system. They have that next man up mentality. And uh, I know a lot of people want to call Lamar Jackson, you know, they call him a running back that tries to throw. But the guy's talented. Like, if you just actually watch him, like, is he the most accurate passer? No. Does the guy have immense talent? Yes. So when people say that, it drives me a little crazy because, you know, when we had Baker, when they're like, oh, Baker's better than Lamar, I was like, come on, come on. Now, now I'll arguably say once we get Deshaun in there that, you know, talent-wise, athletically, and what he can do, like Deshaun can do some of those things, very similar, but he's a, probably a better passer, not as good as a runner, obviously, as Lamar. But, you know, if you told me I had to pick one, like, uh, give me either or. <laughs> like, I would take a Lamar Jackson on my team tomorrow. I would take Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team tomorrow. Uh, he's a fantasy beast. And to talk about fantasy football, Mikey P., you have an important announcement. I'll let you get into that. Yes, sir. Um, so, as everybody knows, we are a proud partner with Underdog Fantasy. Of course, with Underdog Fantasy, <laughs> fantasy football. If you're like most people and you love to play daily fantasy and also love to win cash, Underdog Fantasy is definitely for you. Best Ball Mania costs $25 to enter. It lasts all season long. And a great thing is Underdog is going to match your initial deposit up to $100 by using promo code 216. So if you deposit $50, that becomes $100 to play an Underdog Fantasy. Just remember, use the promo code 216 and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. Very good. You guys ready to talk about some Browns-Falcons? Let's do it. Pretty pretty important game for us. Let's talk about some Browns Falcons. The two and one Cleveland Browns are taking on the one and two Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. So there's no weather to be concerned about. It's going to be a very fast track, which we all love fast tracks. Especially we got some speedsters on on our team. <laughs> um, both ball clubs are coming off a win. Uh, the Browns are favored in this game by one and a half. The over unders. 49 and a half Vegas has this being close game and, and somewhat of a high scoring game. Uh, we have a couple players out, you know, Jadavian Clowney. I think he's going to be out. Miles Garrett is a wait and see. I don't know about, um, JOK. You know, I, I think that's probably a wait and see as well with his groin. Have you guys mm-hmm. heard anything about that? Yeah, that, that'll be a wait and see to see if he's able to play. I think he'll be questionable leading up the game and, um, and then we'll see, you know, see if he goes. The, the the always important thing with those type of injuries is whether or not they practice. Uh, even if you can get a limited practice out of them, like by Thursday or Friday, they're typically maybe going to, you're probably going to see them play. But if they miss that practice on Friday, like a lot of times, even if, if, if they don't even get that limited practice in, like it's very rare you see those guys suit up on Sunday. Yes. Um, Ian. Both the Browns and Falcons, 
here's what they have in common. They put up a lot of points. You know, the, the Browns are sixth in the league uh, with 28, just over 28 points per game. The, the Falcons are ninth with uh, 26.7, almost 27 points per game. So they're very close there. How do you think the offenses match up? I mean, I know they're not on the field the, the same time, but offensively, do, do, you, do you think this is going to be a high-scoring game? Vegas has it at 49 and a half. Yeah, I do. I think it'll be a uh, I think it'll be a very high scoring game. Two offenses that are pretty much doing the same thing. They're pretty decent on the ground. They're pretty good at passing. Uh, Mariota is playing better than I think any of us thought he would be playing. Um, unfortunately, obviously, his record too is four and one against the Browns, so he has a good record Eek. against us. So I don't like that idea at all. But um, no, I think it'll be a high scoring game. But I I think the 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 thing that we have in our hat is. If you've noticed their 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 history over the last few years, even this year already, even those first couple games, they you know you thought the Jets debacle was bad. They give up. They give up games, man. So it's like that'll be a game I'll watch to triple zero, even if we're losing, just because. Um, especially if it's a shootout atmosphere, they they've been known to give it up, uh, give up dubs pretty quickly uh, in the last final seconds. So we do have that you know in our hat that even though their offense might be high powered, their defense. It looks like, you know, a, a slice of bologna and cheese. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we, I mean, we both score a lot of points. Both, both ball clubs put up a lot of points. But both cl- ball clubs also give up a lot of points. The Browns are 23rd, giving up 24 points per game. And the Falcons are 27th, giving up 27 points per game. Mikey P., how do we slow down this Falcons offense? You know, what are the keys to the Browns defense to slow down Mariota and company? Uh, well, you're gonna you're gonna have to generate pressure as always. Um, when they're successful, they're able to use the RPO game a lot with Mariota. Uh, they've been getting Drake London involved for some reason. They don't tend to even get who I think is their best player on offense, Kyle Pitts, involved a lot. Um, and like the the ever young Cordero Patterson has just been a monster for them, like a, as a hybrid position. Uh, offensive line is not super dominant for them. Uh, so they they do give up some pressure, and their defense is uh, is not very good. So, um, in some ways, uh, the Browns' offense can actually, in turn, uh, be its best defense this week by playing the time of possession game and these long, drawn out, dominating drives like that we've had the last couple of weeks. Because uh, what that does is it keeps the other team's offense from getting into a type of rhythm, um, and then it also like wears the defense down fast. So come that third and fourth quarter when they need to make a key stop, they just can't. Yeah. I mean, Cordell Patterson is coming off a Nick Chubb-esque performance last week with 141 yards and also a touchdown on just 17 carries. Mm -hmm. You know, Kyle Pitts um, had five catches for 87 yards. Uh, Rookie Drake London, who seems to be their number one receiver, had – Three grabs for 54 yards and a touchdown. So I know a lot of us were high on Drake London when the draft was going on. But, uh, Ian, um, what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, Cordell Patterson, you know, he had a great game last week. Week two, I think he was kind of average, below average. Week one, he had a great week, um, you know, on the ground. Our teams are kind of similar there. I mean, we have the greatest one-two punch in the league, but 
Whose ground attack do you think is going to dominate this week? 100% the Browns. Our offensive line is just there's just with Conklin addition, there's no way that they that they're better offensive line than us. So I I definitely think if it's a ground and pound type of shootout, like you just said, Jason, you nailed it. Hunt and Chubb is who you want in your backfield, and it's not Cordell Peterson, buddy. It's it's the two <laughs> two backs of of, of the, the Brownies that we that we know to, to to ground and pound. Like I said, you got Callahan coaching them up. We're good to go, man. We're the better team on the ground, and we will show that. Um, plus, he had a you know, I mean, you're talking he had a Nick Chubb esque game. That's mm-hmm. great because if you notice how fantasy numbers work, he'll probably have like seventy yards when he plays us. So that that that's that's great news. He had a, a balling out game. He will not do that against us. I really don't believe that. Yeah, I mean both both offenses can can put up points. So for me, it comes down to which defense can slow down the other offense. I mean, I guess you exactly. could say that about any game, but in particular right. this game. Um, and there's a couple guys you have to watch out for. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is one of them. Drake London, you know, he's a rookie, but uh, he, he's getting a lot of balls from Mariota. M- Mariota, he can also um, – he can run as well. You know, I think you got to watch out for that. Just make sure he doesn't take control of the game. And then, obviously, uh, Cordell Patterson, he had a great week one, not so great week two, great week three. So, you see a pattern there? Maybe he won't have a great week four against us that's but that's what the game plan is. you know if if we can control clock and we do a great job we have so far the first three weeks if we can control cop clock and uh hold the ball for a majority of this football game you know 35 36 38 minutes something like that i don't mm-hmm. think the falcons have a chance but if you look at the falcons schedule so far this year the Falcons, check this out. Week one, they lost to the Saints by one point, 26 to 27. Week two, they lose to the Rams, the Super Bowl champion Rams, 31 to 27, so by four points. And then week three, they finally get that W over the Seahawks, 27 to 23. So I, I don't want to look past the Falcons. I, I don't think we can afford to do that. My, uh, Ian, you said a couple of weeks ago against the Jets, this could be a trap game, <laughs> and it turned out it was. <laughs> the Falcons <laughs> can also be that. The, the, this is going to be a, a close game, I fear, um, and we'll get into our predictions soon, but I think it's just going to be a close game. It's going to be high scoring. I mean, Vegas has it at 49.5 points. They're usually yeah. pretty right on the money. I mean, that's high scoring yeah. in my opinion. But for all you fan, all you Browns fans out there saying, "Oh, it's Mariota, we got this," just like the Jets came, also the same thing with this. Hey, if the Jets came, told us anything, it's Joe Woods though. He let old ass Joe Flacco throw oh. down the field in a heartbreaker. So you know what? All those people, oh, it's Mariota, we're good. Hey, not so fast, man. Take this game serious, one game at a time. Go back to what our theme is on this show: one game at a time, and that's it. And just nothing, exactly. nothing, nothing other than that. We have a Facebook user that says we need to apply more pressure on their QB. What, what do you guys true. think? I mean, this week we could be very shorthanded. I mean, Miles well, Garrett, I'm going to say Miles Garrett is out. And if he does play, it's a miracle. But I'm going to say yeah. he's out. Jadavian Clowney's out. So that's our two bookends. How do we put pressure on a quarterback with a depleted defensive line? 
you bring an extra man. Like there's a lot of discuss. You can use a lot of disguised blitzes, uh, and that helps generate pressure. And with somebody like Mariota, um, who doesn't tend to stand in the pocket tall, um, that's where you want to do that. Uh, you know, someone like a Joe Flacco is able to to kind of pick that up. He's been in the league long enough, like, and he can kind of pick that apart. Um, I think this week is where you break it out against Mariota. You bring you bring some of those blitzes. Um, and you help you help generate pressure that way. Ian, does um, Cade York hit a seventy-yard pregame field goal warm-up? <laughs> I hope so, man. I mean, he, he's human. He's you know, everyone was talking about extra points. He's human, man. Let the kid live, man. He's a rookie. You give him some time. He ain't going to be Phil Dawson, you know, right away. So fourth give, down, give the kid some time, man. Fourth down. We're at the fifty. Do you punt with Bjorquez or do you go for the 67-yarder with Cade York indoors? What do you do? You're Stefanski. Ian, you, go. You, you go for the 67-yarder with Cade York, baby. <laughs> let the kid let the kid do his thing. It's a man. tie ball game, by the way. Fourth quarter, tie ball game. Possessions matter. Yeah. yeah. You bringing in let Cade kid, York? Let the kid do his thing, man. I mean, I'm just saying, let the kid – or, I mean, you're saying my, my other options, Amari Cooper and Brissett, then okay, I'll do that. But if it's if we're talking Cade York and give the kid a shot but besides punting, then yeah, you know. But okay. knowing Stefanski, he goes for it. You know, he, I, I love the idea how he always goes for it on fourth down. But knowing Stefanski, he won't even give Cade York a chance. He'll just go with Brissett because he just goes with all reliable. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see – uh, Cade York indoors, right? Because he's yeah, played sure. outdoors with the wind blowing, swirling. Last week, I think we had 25-mile-an-hour wind gusts. So oh, it was yeah. not easy. I mean, you saw Boswell. He was like, what the? Yeah, Boswell <laughs> took that weird, funky hook to it. Yeah. And even uh, Cade York's – it just didn't look good, right? So, yeah, you know, whatever. He missed an extra point. He was one for one on field goals. On to Atlanta. Here we go. We're going to get into our predictions, so let's not ruin it here. Um, Coltrane, you have a plug for our Network 216 YouTube channel. I do have a YouTube channel plug. I'd also like to give a shout-out to Oboe Chris. We did see your comments earlier in the show. You're on YouTube. Looks like you're throwing a few fire emojis our way that we're also yes. on YouTube. You're loving the new YouTube look. Me too as well. I've already seen a couple new comments coming in, whether it's Facebook, YouTube. So I'm loving the different media stuff. But again, shout out Oboe Chris. Thank you for uh, tuning in as always, my brother. But uh, if you want to support the show, you can, you can subscribe to the Network 216 YouTube channel for free. Um, I'll repeat that again. It's free. We're not asking for any money. We just want support. We are working hard to bring Cleveland sports content. We have more shows joining the network. We are your one-stop shop for all your Ohio sports content. So definitely utilize all the media platforms, especially YouTube, guys. And you can also support the show by subscribing to Network 216 on Patreon.com with your subscription of only $5 per month. That's about less than 20 cents per day. I don't have my calculator here, but I think that's right. You will access our private Discord chat and weekly film study by none other than Jacob Roach of the Barking Brown Show, which is coming on right after this, and exclusive giveaways. We appreciate all of the support, but please start, as Ian said, by just hitting that subscribe button here on YouTube. It's very easy. Just click that 
little subscribe button, and that way you'll get notified anytime Network 216, including the Yard Dogs podcast, go live on the show. So I don't know about you guys, man, but I'm glad that we're no longer on Twitch. I felt like we were in solitary com- confinement. Is that how you say it? I don't know. We're back in general yeah. population now. Uh, <laughs> it's it's easier for people to see us. You know, Twitch was fine, yeah. but most people didn't get it. Like, I I, I get it. I, I didn't even know what Twitch was until we started broadcasting on on that platform. But but now we're on YouTube. We're on Facebook, Twitter. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I think the main thing I'll end with, J- uh, Jason, is the cool thing now with all these other media platforms is they give you that thing that pops up now on your phone that says hey yeah. they're live go check it out that's the one thing i always felt twitch was missing to where i want to be on facebook if i got my friends on facebook i don't want to keep reminding them you know that gets annoying you know i just want them to get something you know bleep right on their phone yeah. hey yard dog podcast is on the air if they want to tune in they can if they don't it is what it is but already so thankful for the facebook comments coming in thank you guys please continue to watch we appreciate every single viewer we promise you that so, absolutely yeah we're seeing all these comments rolling in and uh i think it was the most comments i've seen um so definitely switching out to to new platforms is working so yes i i'm piggyback off you ian thanks for tuning into the yard dogs podcast let's get into prediction time we have about mm, maybe five or six more minutes we have a okay audience this is where we need your help we have a year-long bet between myself, Mikey P, and Cold Train, we're tracking our points. We're keeping a log of everything. But basically, the winner of the year-long bet gets a trophy, a Yard Dogs podcast trophy, that they can place on their mantle. It's a bragging piece. You know, during the holidays when family and friends are coming over, they say, hey, what's that? Well, let me tell you what that is. It's a trophy. Okay. <laughs> But here's the thing. This is where we need your help, audience. The last place loser uh, gets a, the one-chip challenge. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but it's it's a very hot chip, screaming hot, or they can pick their punishment. They can choose their punishment, which that's where you come in. They get they, they have to choose their punishment on the wheel of destiny. So we're going to take the top five punishments throughout the year, put them on the wheel of destiny, and the lo- loser has to spin that wheel and take that punishment wherever it sits on. So as we're going through these predictions, I want you, the audience, to think of really bad punishments, worse than the one-chip challenge, and post them. And if they're good, we're going to put them in our uh, hat to draw at the end of the year. So... Uh, right now, it's a pretty close race. The year-to-date standings, Mikey P is at three points. Coltrane is at six for the year. And myself uh, is tied with Coltrane at six wow. points. So Three-0 it's any man's race. 3-0 last week, Jason. Hats off to you. 3-0 last week. Um, so I, I got lucky on <laughs> a couple of games, but it's a tight race. Were you I was lo- I was losing last week, and I'm tied for first this week. So, Mikey P, even though you're down three points, man, next week it could be a whole different ball game. Were you over the first two weeks? No. Then you should have more than three points. I have six points. I oh, was six, three and last week. I have three points. Oh, I got that. Okay. You have yeah, three. You points. have three. You bum. You have three. <laughs> I was like, I thought you. Had three. I was like, wait a second. I was like, no. 
right, let's get into these games. Uh, prediction time. What we're doing is we're we're picking who's going to win the game and the points total, and we're just doing the AFC North. We have about five minutes. Jets at Steelers. The Steelers are favored in this game by three and a half points. We know firsthand what the Jets can do. I, as a fan, I hope it continues. I do hope the Jets beat the Steelers. But I'm interested in our predictions. Mikey P, I'll start with you. What's your prediction and final score for this game? Uh, I'm going to take Steelers in a close one, 16 to 10. Hmm. So kind of a somewhat low-scoring game. Maybe yeah, a defensive scoring. struggle a little bit. Yeah, two, you know, two offenses that aren't super explosive. Yeah, we've seen it, right? Okay, 16 to 10 Steelers, Mikey B. Um, who's next? Myself. I have this a little bit of a, a little bit more of a high scoring game. I have the Steelers this winning this one. Not real close. 28 to 17 Steelers. I think the Steelers are, are, are coming off a bad loss. They've had 10 days to rest. They're going to roll over the Jets 28 to 17. Cold Train, what's your pick? Man, I'm going to go against what I said to you guys earlier in the show. Uh, I'm going to pick against the Steelers. I'm going 20 to 14. J E T S. I hate the Steelers. I don't care who knows it. J E T S. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Wow. Come on, Mike, baby. Mikey P. We can pick up a point here, buddy. No, I, 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 I picked the, uh, I picked the Jets last week, and they burned me bad. Yeah. Yeah, it did. All right, so Mikey P and myself have the Jets. Coltrane, I'm sorry, the Steelers. Coltrane has the Jets. Let's move on. Bills at Ravens. The Bills are minus three, coming off a bad loss to the Dolphins. I think they're hydrated now at this point. It was very hot in Miami. But now we're in Baltimore. Air is going to be a little crisp, more than likely. Um, Who's starting this one? Let's start with Coltrane. What is your pick? Bills at Ravens. I will say it's going to be the Bills, 34, Ravens, 24. Um, unfortunately, the crybaby Josh Allen uh, was all sad and boo-hooing last week. He comes in this week, gets shakes it off with Stephon Diggs and his receiving core. They light it up. Lamar's athleticism just isn't enough, and the Bills win that one. <laughs> uh, I got to read Demetrius's uh, comment. Well, we're, we're almost out of time, but he says uh, Falcons 30, Browns 26. So he's picking against the Browns. Cold Iron will win the trophy. Punishment should have to get a Friar Tuck haircut and post picks online from work. Oh, my gosh. Hey, shout Demetrius, out to you're killing me, Smalls. Oh. Thank you for watching, Demetrius. We really appreciate the views, man. Thank you so much. Yes. All right, uh, <laughs> Mikey P. Bills at Ravens. Ah, uh, man, I'm gonna go Ravens on a close one. Justin Tucker with a game winner, 23-20. Ravens over the Bills. Ravens over the Bills. All right, I'm gonna go Bills, 30 to 28. Very close game. Two points. Not a lot. But I'm going to say the Bills get back on track after that Miami Dolphins game and beat the Ravens. And uh, that gives the Ravens another loss. So that's good for us in the AFC North. All right, let's move on to the this Thursday night. 
two two nights from now we have the brown uh browns the dolphins at Bengals, and i actually start this one the Bengals are minus four so they are favored in this game i also think this is going to be a close game but i do have the Bengals winning this by one point and one point only 24 to 23 Bengals. Coltrane, what do you think about this game? I'm going Miami. Bang or uh, non not the Bengals, Miami. Tua and Tyreek Hill go off. Miami is 3 and 0. They're going to be 4 and 0. I don't know what's going on with that team. I don't know what that coach is giving to their players over there. Maybe some steroids, maybe some juice. I have no idea what he's doing, but he's juicing them up. I love the coach. I love what they're doing out in Miami. Miami is 4-0 this week after Joe Burrow. It's a big cry, baby, after he can't get it done. What's your score? Give me that score. 28-21. Dolphins. Dolphins. Got it. All right, uh, Mikey P. I'm going to go uh, Miami wins late. Cincinnati's punting from its own end zone late in the game. Miami thinks they're going to get into field goal range. Cincinnati's punter this week via Miami. Punts one into the backside of his long snapper. And the Dolphins <laughs> win 22 to 20 on a reverse butt punt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse butt punt. I love it. Yes, 22 sir. to 20 Dolphins. Okay, well, I'm the only one who Miami. had the Bengals there. Yep. So it could work out very well for me or not so good. All right, the game of the week. This is the one we all care about. Browns at Falcons. Again, Browns are favored by a point and a half. Uh, it's in Atlanta. Mikey P., we're going to start with you. It's going to be a close one. Uh, but the Browns, late, Cade York channeling, was it like 2000? Uh, last time we were in, uh, the, we were actually in the Georgia Dome when Billy Cundiff kicked the game winner. Cade York is going to return the favor and kick a game winner this week. Browns 26, Falcons 24. And then after Cade York kicks the field goal, he proceeds to do the dirty bird. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. I have the Browns winning this one 29 to 23 in not so dramatic fashion. I mean, it's six points. I guess that's a lot in the NFL right now. But Browns win 29-23. Coltrane, what are your thoughts on this game? I would say the ground and pound works even better than you guys are predicting. 34-20 Browns. We roll the Falcons. The offensive line moves the chains. Chubb and Hunt go off, and Brissett throws two to three TDs to Cooper, DPJ, and Njoku of all sorts. Brownies get the victory in, in very decent fashion. I must say so myself. I love it. Well, we have to land this plane. The Barking Brown Show is on next. So if you're watching us on YouTube, Network 216, the Barking Brown Show is about to come on any minute now. My final thoughts, and we'll land this plane. Hurricane Ian is about to hit Florida, so everybody in Florida, stay safe. Get indoors, board up the windows, whatever you have to do. I hope you have plenty of water. And I'm going to comment on our Facebook user. Do you guys see Hunt on the roster past the trade deadline? The answer is yes. I think, however, um, you know, 
one of our other Dearness Johnson, I think, could be traded before the trade deadline. I could see that happen. I don't think they would trade forward. I mean, they just drafted him. So Dearness Johnson is the running back that I see would be traded by the the trade deadline, but not Kareem Hunt. I think we got to roll with him the rest of the year. Yeah, there's no way they're giving him up. No way. No way. No way. All right. Well. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Yard Dogs podcast. We will see you next Tuesday night at 7 with myself. You can find me on Twitter at Browns Huddle. Mikey P, you can find him on Twitter at Mikey P422. And Ian, Cold Train Cold Iron, you can find him on Twitter at BrownsFan593. I like to end all of our shows with the Go Browns. So, Ian, Mikey P, if you'll join me on the count of three. One, two, three. Go Browns! Browns. Go Brownies! We roll them! We roll the Falcons!